How do you go from being a drum tech to a playback tech to now building rigs for some of the world's biggest artists? Well, today I'm gonna to introduce you to a From Studio to Stage student that did just that. You'll learn his exact path and the one, number one most important thing that he did along the way to make all that happen. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Space Bar. This is the podcast for anyone that uses Ableton Live on stage. If that's you, then welcome. You're amongst friends. This is a great place for you to be. Now today, I'm talking to a From Studio to Stage subscriber, Mike Perkinpine. Mike's been a subscriber for, I believe, almost three years now. And uh, you'll hear in the podcast, he has introduced a lot of people to the site. So uh, I personally thanked him for introducing a lot of folks to the, to the site. Uh, maybe you're listening to this and you're listening to this because Mike said, hey, go check out this podcast interview. Uh, but Mike is a drum tech and he uh, went from being just a drum tech to being a drum tech and a playback tech as well to learning how to run playback in uh, Ableton Live and iConnectivity and creating a connected stage from scratch. And in addition to that, he now builds playback rigs and he builds playback rigs and does playback and works with some of the biggest artists, uh, primarily in the heavy metal scene. He uh, mentioned a couple names on the podcast, Ministry, Testament, Seven Dust, um, uh, Avril Lavigne, not heavy metal, but you know, Avril Lavigne nonetheless. Uh, and as we recorded this interview, he was currently building a rig for Smashing Pumpkins. So if you hate pumpkins, if you love Halloween, love the band Smashing Pumpkins, that was a really terrible intro. You'll love this interview with Mike. But what I love about this, you're going to hear Mike's journey and path from how he got started as a drummer to becoming a drum tech. I ask him some questions about what does that exactly mean? So if you're unfamiliar with that, you'll pick that up. You also learn the importance of something you can do that you can implement uh, that will cost you absolutely nothing that will instantly improve your rehearsal and most importantly, instantly improve your uh, performances that Mike helps every uh, uh, drummer that he works with, every artist he works with but you'll learn Mike's journey and he'll also share a couple tips and tricks of what he did to learn how to use playback uh, to build his skill set and ultimately get to where I would love to see you get. If you're a musician, a traveling musician, gigging musician, um, you're likely in a place where you only get paid when you play, right? Play equals paid. And if you're not playing, if you're not on a gig, you're not getting paid. Well, Mike has now supplemented his income, income to where not only is he getting paid when he's a drum tech, uh, he's getting played to, uh, to do uh, playback tech stuff as well. And even when he's out on the road working with another artist, he can still build Ableton sets. And as you'll hear in the interview, he's also getting paid to build playback rigs. So he doesn't have to go out on the road with a brand new artist or try to see how he can double book himself to make more money. He's added more money. Uh, he's made more income, more revenue by adding the skill set to his gig. So if you're looking to get and keep a gig, this is a great podcast for you. So let's dive in and let's meet Mike Perkinpine. Mike, man, thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? Doing good, man. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, you're in beautiful Anaheim, California, correct? I am. Sunny Anaheim, you're, California. You're... Well, it's actually a little bit cool right now. It's like in the mid-60s. I was going to say, what's cool for Anaheim? Because every time I've been there, the weather is just like unbelievable. But yeah. 60s, that's not bad. It's in the mid-60s, okay. mid yeah. So, um, Mike, this is a weird place to start the conversation, but I've been enjoying... Um, asking people this question and, and like keeping them on their feet right at the top of the, the conversation. So here's my question to, to start. I'll, this is a, this is an easy one. Not, not really, but to start the conversation, um, what is one thing, or maybe you could group it into a certain set of skills, but what's something that you feel like you naturally do better than other people or something that you would say is your unfair advantage. You see other people struggle with it and you're like, 
you just get it really, really well. What's that one thing or that kind of set of skills, if you had to pinpoint it, that you would say is, is your unfair advantage? Ah, uh, that's an excellent question. Wow. Um, let's go with uh, the fact that uh, under high pressure situations, I can remain calm. Whereas, mm, that's good. whereas some other people that I've worked with, um, you know, they get, they get, you know, frustrated and then they start, you know, like, like kind of like with, like we do with playback, you know, you got to go through the yeah. steps in order to figure out if there's something wrong. But the main yeah. thing is to literally stay as calm as possible, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's like, it's really easy no. for us to like play that down, but that is huge. I mean, that's massive in a live performance scenario. Right, right. Exactly. Cause I've seen so many guys, you know, one thing goes wrong and, and it's literally like with, with playback is literally like just opening up a MIDI port in, in Ableton's preferences. And, and that's, yeah. that was the only issue. They're like, Oh wow. That was my only problem, Mike. And I'm like, yeah, uh, just yeah. gotta remain calm. They, they, and on their end, they thought the, the whole rig was like on fire, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, that's so right. I think, I think that's where I, uh, I, I think I would hope that I excel in is just to remain calm and, and just be that go-to person, uh, you know, yeah. hopefully to, uh, you know, help out in those kind of situations. But yeah, that's really, that, is that something, do you feel like you've always had that or is that something you've developed throughout years of doing this? Um, not, no, you're right. I think, uh, what you said, it, I've, I've developed it over the years because when I was first starting, mm -hmm. um, I, just like anybody else, you don't have the, uh, you don't have the experience when you're, when you're younger or when you're first starting out yeah. and you, and you get to that point where you're like, Oh my God, I can't figure this out. Uh, that's it. I'm done. And then, and, yeah. and then you go to, uh, you know, plan B, whatever that may be for, for you. But, uh, but over yeah. the years, yeah. Like I, I always say to other people, like, um, knowledge is a lot of people say knowledge is power, but also at the same time, knowledge is, um, it is kind of like comforting in a way because, oh, that's good. You know, because yeah. the more knowledge you have when something goes wrong, you're not going to freak out. You're, you're going to know. Yeah. What steps? Okay, one through ten or one through five that I need to take to put this fire out. Yeah, that's that. I, I don't want people to miss out, like to gloss over that because I think that's a huge piece. Because even for me, there's been times where you know I'll get a call from a friend and they just I can hear in their voice something's wrong, and as they're talking, I'm going, I can tell you one of three scenarios that you're currently in, and I can very quickly explain to you how to fix this. Whereas if you're just getting started and you don't have that knowledge and that experience, that is like the whole world's about to blow up. But for us, we're like, yeah, it's, it's, it go through these steps. This is what it is. It's real simple. Exactly. Exactly. And then once, once you gain that knowledge, uh, I've seen guys get, get to, to, to the point where, where you're at, you know, you have an extensive knowledge and, and all of a sudden they're like, mm. wow. Yeah, I get it now. Uh, this is, this is fairly easy to troubleshoot and, that's you right. know exactly <laughs> that's right now let's um let's go back to the start of the conversation the way my mom taught me to actually have conversations and let's let's do a proper introduction so um mike why don't you um 
introduce yourself to everyone, let us know what you do. And then I want to kind of break apart your story a little bit to talk about how you got into this field and then what you're currently doing. Uh, well, name is Mike Perkinpine. Um, I got into the field of drum tech and playback tech uh, years years ago. Um, been doing okay. been doing uh, drum teching for a long time. Like you know, I would say mm -hmm. at, at this point, uh, a little over 14, 15 years. Um, wow! So I've been doing that for that amount of time. Um, but playback tech, um, not as long. I started you know, learning Ableton and becoming an actual playback tech about, uh, I would say five, six years ago, give or take. So it hasn't, wow. hasn't been that okay. long. And yeah. And, and you've been very successful with it and we'll, and I definitely want to talk about that and dive into that. Um, because I think I'm, I'm interested, I'm definitely interested in your path from being a drum tech to playback tech and, and what steps you took. Um, before we dive into that real quick, could you, because um, this is something I don't even fully know, I guess. What what does being a drum tech um, encompass? Like for different artists you work with, and feel free if, if you're able to share some of the artists you've, you've drum tech for, um, but what does that look like to be a drum tech for an artist? Uh, wow. Well, to be a, a drum tech for an artist, it entails many different things, um, more, than what, okay. more than what people on the outside think. It entails uh, basically... Uh, maintaining the gear for the artist, um, ordering the gear for the tour, um, mm. setting up the artist uh, so he or she is in, you know, 100% tip-top shape, ready to play a show, um, you know. Uh, and also, drum teching could also become, you could also become a, a little bit of a, uh, should I say, uh, a personal assistant sometimes, you know? Yeah. So, okay. so if you're on a tour and you're going from city to city, which we do, um, you literally could be, you know, which I'm totally fine with, you know, some guys may have a different opinion, but you could totally, you know, go from, you know, setting up the gear and then all of a sudden, you know, he or she may need, you know, uh, certain things brought to him or her, um, you know, uh, an array of things so yeah that that could happen um yeah how how much of um like setting up a drum set well let me ask you this question then i'll get to that question which i think these lead into each other i i'm assuming and this is maybe a big assumption but i'm assuming you're a drummer or have had experience as a drummer that got you into being a drum tech is that a fair assumption Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I became a drummer okay. first and foremost, uh, right in like middle school and, and high school took pri nice. private drum lessons. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's awesome. How, how much of, um, how much of like, uh, what's the best way to say this? Basically when you're setting up a kit for someone, how much of it is, okay, I've put, you know, spike tape on the carpet and I know exactly where to put this versus, sitting down and going, this feels the way it should for this particular person. Like how, how much of it is just brute like force of I just repeat this versus you sit down on the drum throne and go, this needs to move over a little bit because I know they tend to cheat with this hand a little and they need it here versus there or that sort of thing. Um, it's actually a good question. Um, it, it could be a, a mixture of 
evenly of both, I think, because there's been there's okay. been times where, you know, uh, you know, you set up the kit for the artist um, and you you label everything from A to Z. You dot mm. you dot your I's, you cross your T's uh, and then you go and you sit behind the kit uh, and then your artist could come up. And it, it, me personally, I'd be like, OK, this is this is perfect. This is exactly how we had it in rehearsal. Uh, and then sometimes potentially you could literally, um, you know, have the artist come out for, for a sound check and he or she sits behind the kit and it's okay. Hey, uh, Mike, can you do me a favor? Just move the hi-hat over maybe just like an inch. So, I mean, it hmm. doesn't necessarily mean you didn't do your job properly. It just means that day, maybe they want the symbol lowered a little bit. Um, yeah. I've, I've had that in thousands of times or, or, Hey, let's yeah. take, let's take this crash symbol and move it over to the right side or let's, let's lower this a little bit. So, yeah, I think it's, cool. I think it's a little, it's like 50, 50. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's always, I mean, kind of where we started the conversation, there's that intuition or whatever that comes with doing this for however long that I, I always wondered, you know, how much of it is just a purely technical thing versus the intuition versus probably even, I mean, you kind of mentioned this, like when you go between, okay, as a tech, I am setting up your kit to, uh, you know, partial, you know, personal assistant, like mm -hmm. knowing what's going to allow them to put on the best performance, whether maybe it's grabbing an extra water bottle or noticing, um, you know, they're struggling a little bit tonight or they may need this little extra thing or let me kind of help them with that. Like, I always appreciate guys like you that go the extra mile that, that, you know, one, get to know the person they're working with and go, this isn't just a like checklist job where I'm just going to do these things very mechanically to, I'm really here to serve and go this, you know, me, you know, serving them the best in this moment is going to make this performance the best for every single person that paid to come see the show basically exactly no that's a that's a perfect point uh, you know uh, i'm there to make sure that the drummer is, as their drum tech uh i'm there to make sure that they have like you said the best possible show that they can have from the kit being cleaned from the drum sounding which is obviously the the most important thing for the kit the sound uh you know pretty much you know t tuning is is very uh i guess subjective is the word um some yeah. some guys like it tuned high some guys like you know everybody likes a different tuning um yeah. but uh you know that being said that have the artist have the kit tuned to the way the artist wants to hear it uh and, and be consistent like everything has mm. to be the same exact thing every single night and, you know, and as a drum tech, that that's huge, you know, uh, you know, that's good. Pe people can come in and drum tech. And uh, uh, I guess maybe some of the guys who might be a little more inexperienced uh, go out there and they they're not as consistent. So uh, mm. when I say that, that's hugely important. It has to be the same thing every night. Yeah. You know, because then they'll start thinking about that during their performance uh, while, 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 yeah. they're, while they're playing. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's really how um one more question about drum tech stuff and then we'll 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 kind of move into your transition to being a playback tech but um are you um are you sound checking drums for the artists or does that depend on the particular artist you're working with 
Um, I would say 95% of the time I am, well, you said sound checking. So no, no, I'm line, okay. I'm line checking the drums. Um, and can you clarify? Cause I think there's a lot of people listening to this that, you know, we know particularly from the playback perspective, what line check is, but right. can you talk about what a line check is and why that's such an important part to a successful performance? Uh, yeah, for the, for the people out there who may not understand the difference, uh, a line check, when, when we do a line check, we, we go through each instrument, uh, you know, on the stage, uh, me being with drums, we, we make sure every single line, every single microphone that's on that drum kit from top to bottom, uh, is, uh, you know, is able to be heard through monitors and th through front of house. So we want to make sure each mm -hmm. channel uh, it is is basically routed correctly to each line, um, and then once we once we know that that is fine with front of house and monitors, um, you basically you're good to go. Then the artist mm -hmm. comes out and they do their sound check, which then means that they basically are going to hear what they hear every night uh, in their in ears or their monitors on stage. And uh, right. and then the sound check also involves the rest of the crew, uh, front of house monitors. You know, so it's that's good. sounds the same every night. And I, I think if particularly if you're listening to this as a maybe band that is um, you, you're kind of traveling with your own gear, maybe you don't have dedicated front of house, dedicated monitor person. Um, uh, you know, you're a smaller band, or maybe you're even walking into a venue or using the house crew to do this. Line check is such an important thing because I personally have stood on stage, not as a drummer, uh, thank God, but uh, not because drummers are bad, but because you don't want to hear me play drums, but as a guitar player, and I've gone, um, hey, uh, can I have less cymbals? And then the monitor tech changes something and you go, uh, it's not changing. And you end up spending 30 minutes trying to troubleshoot only to find out you've got the wrong pack, the overhead mics are swapped, uh, you know, the keyboard lines are reversed. And so that's like five to 10 minutes that if you can devote that time during your setup to doing a proper line check to go in, like Mike said, the, 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 the correct microphone is in the correct place, plugged into the correct thing. We have the correct uh, uh, in-ear packs. We have, you know, the, basically what we said we were gonna do, we did. So that then when you step on stage, and again, even if you're the person doing it as the artist yourself, that's gonna save you so much time and, and keep sound check you know, short, keep rehearsal short if you happen to be rehearsing before the show. Because again, where we started this conversation talking with Mike and his roles at Drum Tech is the goal is to step on stage and be able to perform without thinking, man, something just doesn't like my ear, something doesn't sound right, you know? And you can fix those problems super early on with something as simple as the line check. So right. it's a really good, really good piece. Yeah, that's great. Um, so you say you've been at Drum Tech for about 14, 15 years. Um, is there a, are there, is there a style of music you typically work with, uh, artists you typically work with, or someone maybe you've worked with for a while, or you just kind of work with anybody and everybody? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've worked with a lot of different, uh, different bands and artists over the years. Um, but I've mostly done, uh, hard rock and metal acts. Um, I, cause cool. that, that's okay. basically kind of where I started was, was, I mean, I got into drum teching so long ago, and it was literally just, just probably just like everybody else. It was my friend's band. 
you know, make not <laughs> nice. make, not okay. making much money, and they were a hard rock band, yeah. and and it kind of just snowballed from there. It was like, okay, uh, you know, my buddy's friend, uh, you know, the, the networking thing. My buddy's friend yep. uh, knows su- such and such who's in this fairly well established band now, uh, you know, or my friend knows this person who's in a who's who's crew for this well established band. So and that's how it happened. So it's it's I've I've gotten uh, to work with other a few pop artists here and there. Um, okay. Avril Lavigne, t- to name one. Nice. Um, okay. But yeah, but it's most mostly been uh, hard rock and metal acts. That's really cool. That's great. So you've been doing drum teching for fifteen years. Um, did you wake up one day and you were bored, or what got you into the the, the idea and desire to be a playback tech? Uh, yeah, excellent question. Um, I was doing so much drum teching and then I would say maybe, like I, like I said, I've been doing playback for maybe five, six years now and, and really starting to get going with it right now. But, uh, it was this band, it was the band Ministry, the, the, all, the, okay. yeah, the yeah. alt metal, uh, industrial metal band. Uh, that I that I've been working for for years and I still do now, uh, and we're gonna actually cool. we're gonna actually go out this summer uh, with Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. Uh, oh, that's uh, should should that's be a awesome. fun one, yeah. Um, but it was those guys. I I you know I they called me and said, hey, listen, uh, do you want to come and drum tech and do playback? And at the time, I was I was like when I first started with them, I was a little green, to be honest. I on the on the mm. playback side. And then I said to myself, wow, you know, uh, you know, and then I helped, you know, the keyboard player in the band who uh, his name is JB, John Bechtel, uh, an amazing keyboard and, and playback guru himself. Um, and so, you know, I was doing rehearsals and I was just kind of looking over his shoulder and, you know, that's kind of where it started. I was like, that's I was great. like, oh, wow, this is cool. And then, you know, he was running. Uh, you know, a different rig. Actually, they're running a rig that I built right now for them. So, uh, cool. um, but that's how it started. I started getting into it and going, um, how does this work? Well, you're running two computers and h- how are you getting that controller to mm. control both of these laptops? Uh, and that yeah. that's how it started. It was the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, and then I started diving into it and then I became a student of yours, you know, um, and and that was it. I was off to the races, you know. That's so cool. Yeah, and uh, and every single day I'm 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 learning new stuff, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a th- that's a great attitude to have. I want to as best as you can. I don't know if you can take yourself back to that that point because you've been doing this, you know, five to six years. But that's an eternity in music technology, you know, time. Because <laughs> so much has changed in five to six years. True. But as best as you can. Um, go back to, you got that call from your buddies in ministry and they said, can you come drum tech and do playback? And you hadn't really done it up to that point. What gave you the confidence to say, yes, I can do it or yes, I can. Um, was it like, Hey, I'm up for it. Or I know I'm so good at being a drum tech. I can figure this other piece out. Or were, were you like nervous and you're like, listen, I'm just going to figure this thing out as we go. Like I'm confident I can learn it because I'm a fast learner as best as you can walk back to that first call that like your very first gig doing playback, what gave you the confidence that you could do this? 
Um, again, excellent question. How I how it came about was that they called me and and I I had been friends with them prior to that call, but I had never. Um, the, I'm going back to the first time I worked with the band, so uh, I got the okay. call and I got the call and then I said to myself, I'm like, drum tech, the easy part, you know, running triggers, yeah, um, running, you know, setting up a kit, uh, being able to tune it properly, no problem. And then I was yeah. like, okay, I also got to know this playback rig. Um, so then I was like, um, we're going to sit in rehearsals for about a week. And that's where it kind of, I, I kind of like talked myself off the ledge because I was like, you know, yeah. a lot of guys are like, man, I, I'm not going to know how to do this. I can't go out on a tour and, and be able to set this up every day for the artist because it's going to be a mess. Mm. <laughs> But that, yeah. that what what changed for me was that fact that I said, okay, I'm gonna go into this with a positive mindset and say, listen, I'm gonna list, I'm gonna listen to everything that the keyboard player tells me, uh, and he's gonna mm. he's gonna show me the rig, which he did, and 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 that's how it happened. We sat in rehearsals for a week. I had about you know you know a week, which is five days. Uh, let's say I had about three or four solid days of knowing how to, how to start the rig, how to set it up, um, you know, and basically everything involved with that, you know, this, this is how you plug this in. This controller goes to this port. Um, you know, this computer plugs into here, uh, you know, everything USB. And then we were running MIDI out to two keyboards. So it it was just that. So, so I went from going, okay, I can plug everything in properly and make it work to figuring out, like you say in, in your tutorials, let's figure out why does that work? You know, not, mm. not just like, oh, this is going to work because I plug A, A into B and, and it's going yeah. to send a MIDI message, you know. Yeah. So I'm at the point. That's there. really good. That, it's it's kind of like going back to being a drum tech and setting up a kit. There is a highly technical A goes to B but then there is a, well, why does A go to B and A not go to C? Like there's that, that second level, that deeper level of knowledge. And, and like you're saying, I often try to say, okay, you can learn you know, how to do something, but the real kind of richness of knowledge comes from learning why we do this or learning you know, why the iConnectivity ecosystem works the way it is as opposed to just plug this in here plug this in there. That's really good. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, like anybody, I always say like anybody can plug in a, a MIDI cable from a computer to the back of a rig and, and, uh, and all of a sudden it sends MIDI messages or it sends program changes properly. But, but knowing how to, you know, create a MIDI note in Ableton and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and have it, you know, program it yourself. And, and know how that actually works from from you know top down, going out of Ableton That's in, into an Amio XM, uh, out of the XM, out of DIN DIN two, to the back of the keyboard, you know, into the keyboard. Yeah. So yeah, That's very yeah. good. So let's let's talk. Um, uh, well, let me ask a couple of questions to dive in again. That journey from drum drum tech to playback tech. So you have those you know, basically three to four days during that week rehearsal to learn trial by fire, you figure it out. Um, what are steps you've taken since that very initial thing that have helped you 
understand the why of playback tech and, and what, are, what are things you've done that have really um, added to your skill set or, or, or things that have been helpful to you to learn about being a playback tech and learn um, the, the why of things or a deeper level of knowledge beyond just like you said, plug cable into the back, into keyboard and go. Yeah. Um, dude, it's, it's literally been uh, a lot of you. <laughs> it has um just, uh, nice yeah man it, nice. it really has like uh i i mean i came out of the gate you know uh working for these bands and and doing some playback stuff but then going man i really do enjoy this like i love knowing like hmm. man how does how does that com- how does the, you know that computer send messages to the b computer you know and 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 yeah. everything involved with it like you know just from the steps from like completely building a rig from a a all the way to z um but yeah it's it's been a lot of you know doing your your stuff from studio stage and and just going through spending i i I went through the whole pandemic literally uh which is like i guess different times for different people but uh a year and a a year and a half total uh, going through a lot of your courses and, and then, and then just like taking those, take, taking that stuff, uh, and, and learning, you know, because that applied to what Mm. I'm doing out in the field right now, um, running redundant rigs or running, you know, uh, uh, did a band recently where they're running just one computer. And I was like, boy, you guys like to play with fire, (laughs) you know? Yeah, that's right. Um, but it was, I mean, to get back to your question, it was, it was a hundred percent, uh, going through a ton of lessons and just spending time, uh, a lot, even to this day, uh, going through all your lessons, um, you know, and uh, that's it. And and just trying that's trying great. things out here, take taking what I learned from from mm. from studio to stage, and uh, and and trying it here. And if it didn't work, try it again. Uh, and I had so much time and and you know, during the day and, and a, a lot at night to just, just try it out, you know, uh, because that's, that's the best way to learn is, as I always tell people, you know, just try it yourself. And if it, you know, if it doesn't work the first time, try it again, but just remain calm. Yeah. You know, that's good. Yeah. Go, going back to what we said is your, your kind of unfair advantage that remaining calm and knowing, okay, the guy on the video got it to work. So I know it's possible I just got to figure out what step I missed in that process to then get to that point as well. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I am guilty of uh, being that guy who goes a little too fast. Like I want it, I want yeah. it to work so fast. I'm like, oh, I love that idea. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like you know, oh god, there's so many different examples I could say. Like, like sending sending MIDI from one computer to another. Um, wow. How, how does that work? That's so awesome. Uh, all right. So this goes to here, that goes to here, but wait, it didn't work this time. All right. Then I, then I got to tell myself, slow down, Mike. It's, it's going to work, go through the steps. Yeah. And then when I do that, maybe, you know, go to the kitchen, grab a nice tea, come back. Oh, wow. Now it worked. You know, so That's that's, that's how playback is. And, you know, and I'm sure it is for a lot of, uh, you know, other guys who are learning other, other, you know, disciplines, just take your time, take your time. It's going to work because it's worked for the teacher 
or the professor yeah. and it's going to work for you eventually. Yeah, that's really good, man. Those are wise words. So um, I have a couple questions that I want to talk. Let's let's fast forward to present day. And I want to talk about what you're doing with playback and, and the people you're working with and the rigs you're building, because I love seeing that stuff. But um, talk me through, maybe think through the past year or so. Um, when you're hired on a gig uh, as drum tech and playback, are you primarily, um, you know, I want you to describe, and I'm sure there's there's a a diversity of experiences you've had, and that means different things to different people. But is that a thing where you're setting up a, a drum kit and you're setting up a playback rig for someone on stage to operate? Or are there scenarios where you're teching, you know, for a drummer, but then you're also side of stage <clears throat> running tracks as well at the same time? Um, in, in my instance, um, I've been hired to do drums and playback, um, but almost always uh just just for you know out of the way it's gone for me is i'll i'll be setting up drums and then also setting up the playback rig for someone else to operate um okay. it's, it's been like when i worked for avril levine uh i set up drums and then set up playback world for the keyboard player who was who was running tracks um okay and then uh, ministry you know the industrial giants they are I love those guys. They um, same thing. I I set up drums, and then I set up a playback world where they have two laptops on on stage, um, running MIDI to keyboards. So and then he okay. he uh, he operates the the playback rig himself. Uh, well, both Perfect. those guys did. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Are there um, are there any stories of things disastrously going wrong or in the middle of a show, something going wrong and you having to be the hero to save the show running on stage and going, Oh, it's this cable or something. Are there any stories that come to mind of like um, an issue with playback or with drums? Like I, I, I'm thinking recently as we're recording this, Todd Suckerman, I think is his last name posted a video of like him, you know, his drum tech changing out the snare mid song and saw all these people going, Oh, you know, these are the, the, the unsung heroes of the show. Um, are there any moments you can think of in the past couple of years of doing playback or, or teching drums that something went wrong in in the span of 15 seconds, you solved it or you were a part of solving it or, or any just fun stories of, I just love things going wrong on stage and hearing how people recovered from those and solved the, solved the issues. Oh God, dude, I've, I've had many of those. Um, thank, thank nice. God. Uh, I have not had any disastrous, um, playback issues. Um, that's uh, good. Is, yeah. Great. Knock on wood, but, uh, drum teching, uh, uh, thousands, you know, and, and, and okay. um, just recently, um, I was down in South America, uh, and you know, a drummer I was working with, uh, great player, um, is bass drum pedal spring just busted in the middle of the song. So, oh, so no. yeah, exactly. So, uh, at that point you spring into action, I got the backup pedal right there next to me. You know, and he's basically, uh, so in this instance, it was the right pedal, uh, right bass drum. Okay. Uh, he was playing with two bass drums. So then he has to take his right foot and play the left bass drum uh, as, you know, and it, it gets it gets awkward for, for that minute. You know, you yeah. start sweating. You're like, okay, here we go. This is, this is where I earn my money. Uh, but, yeah. you know, uh, you put the new pedal on, uh, 
you walk away, you know, the song ends. Uh, and he looks back at you and he goes, oh, man, thank God you were there. You know, so that, that that's yeah. part of our job. You know, things aren't always going to be perfect uh, every single show every year uh, to, you know, year after year or month after month. But, yeah. you know, that's that's why we're hired, you know, uh, to great. make sure things <laughs> to put out the fires sometimes. <laughs> that's that's really great. So let's talk a little bit about. um present day Mike mm -hmm. and uh and playback stuff you're doing so we when we started before I hit record I was telling you I love seeing your posts on Facebook and Instagram of you going hey here's rigs I'm building building a rig for this person that person um what is what does that kind of rig building world look like for you and um are, you know are you building rigs for people that you're then going out and implementing or are people hiring you and saying Mike We've seen what you've done with these folks. Like, build us a rig that works for for us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, awesome question, and I love talking about this because I get this question a lot from just other people or friends of mine. Um, basically, okay. how it started was was uh, from me be, being a, a playback tech uh, out on the road, and and then I said to myself, um, uh, it actually started uh, again with, with the with the ministry camp. Uh, the the okay. they had a they had an older rig where they were running two radials or no one radial I'm sorry they were running eight okay. outputs out of a um you know a, a radial um and they were running oh god if I remember it was a uh, a midi four plus so they were running uh, yeah yeah they okay. were running out of that into a radial uh with with two RME interfaces and then uh they got to the point where um. I think it was the end of 2018 or 19. Uh, no, the end of 2018, the beginning of 19. The keyboard, the keyboard okay. player. Uh, we we would have a lot of conversations, and he's like, "Hey, what's that thing the, called the Play Audio 12?" And I was like, "I yeah. was like, I was like, John, that we got to put you on this." You know, he goes, he yeah. goes, "Wait, um, we don't need two audio interfaces, though." I said, "No," I said, "John." And these same conversation happens to thousands of people, I'm sure, about eye connectivity stuff, yeah. which you, you and I both love. Uh, I could oh, talk yeah. about it for hours. Uh, and that, that's how it happened. He was like, listen, um, let's get on a Play Audio 12. And I said, okay, yeah. So that means we can ditch 90% um, of the rig you're using. So if we go on, we yeah. put you on a Play Audio 12, um, we could have you go out of that. And then he was wondering, well, how do I get? How do I switch from A to B? I told him, well, it's also in that mm -hmm. same box as well. Um, and he was like, oh wow. So wait a minute, I could, I could have my yeah. outputs, I could have redundancy, and then he said, well, what? Wait a minute, we're running MIDI too. And I said, well, John, that box does the same thing too. It has MIDI redundancy as well. Uh, and yeah. then he was like, well, wait a minute, uh, we have you know five pin MIDI coming out of the keyboards and i said okay well we'll run that to a mio xm and then i told him well basically to get communication between the two boxes you know like like we know like you know i i always tell people i'm like yeah let's just create an rtp session between both boxes and that'll be the connection and we did that and then yeah. and then that's how the conversation started between me and him uh per personally uh and then that's kind of where it snowballed for me. I, I said, you know what? Wow. I said, you know what? I'm going to build you a rig um, with just using one Play Audio 12 and one Mio XM box. And he loved it. 
you know, and he said, okay, that's amazing. He said, go ahead, build it. And I talked to their, their, their manager and then their front of house engineer, who's a good friend of mine. And he said, yeah, let's go ahead, build, build a new rig, Mike. And so I built that one. And then that's kind of how it snowballed. It was like, Hey, hmm. uh, I, I posted about it because I, you know, of course you want to gain more business. And then that was the start of it. And then my friends saw that yeah. I built their rig and was like, Hey man, wow. So you could take something that's like, you know, five or six U and drop it down to like one or two U. I said, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could literally, and then, and that's how it started. And here I am, you know, uh, five or six rigs deep uh, into hopefully nice. starting my own business doing this, you know, how, how beneficial um, and not necessarily, I'm not asking actual numbers, financial data, but how beneficial for you has it been going from Mike drum tech to Mike drum tech and playback tech to Mike drum tech, playback tech and rig builder. Uh, Cause I, I talk a lot with musicians that are kind of in that, like I get paid when I show up and play or, 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 or techs that are, I only get paid when I'm there mm -hmm. and you're starting to now, it feels like you're, you're building this side income and you're making yourself far more valuable when someone comes to hire you to go, I'm not just a drum tech, but I'm a drum tech and, 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 and how beneficial has adding this to your skill set been from a like financial and job security standpoint for you? Oh God, dude, you hit it on the nail right there. It, it, it's hugely mm. important. Um, because yes, uh, you know, going from uh, just being a drum tech uh, at one point, I was like, okay, this is great. Um, but being a drum mm -hmm. tech, you know, you get paid when you're there or on the tour only. Yeah. Um, to yeah. when I was not on the road, I was like, all right, you know, I got other things I'm going to do. But, you know, uh, to now, it, you know, kind of parlaying drum tech into playback tech, still doing now doing both but yeah like you said yeah now having this this uh revenue stream uh and 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 basically you know more importantly um having the knowledge um uh, to to be mm. able to you know uh, you know obviously make more money but also having the knowledge to you know jump out to other people and and build the mm. rig and build their Ableton session so yeah, and and have so basically, uh, it's it's going from not having much income off the road to, wow, okay, now I'm now I got a a, a side business off the road to parlay, yeah. to parlay into being able to do it on the road while I'm on the road as well. So I mean, I can't build a rig on the yeah. road, but I can build an Ableton session on the road. So you know, yeah, and that's I. I, I don't want people to miss that because that's huge because like you said, one, it's adding to a skill set you already have. So when people hire you, you, then they're getting more and more and more. But now instead of just, all, like you said, getting paid when you're there, you're now building this side business where you could, you could build four Ableton sessions for four different artists while you're on a tour for one artist, you know, and, and do all of those really well. It's not like you're taking away from your your main job as a drum tech if you're also building Ableton sessions for other people and that just opens the door for so many possibilities from a revenue standpoint and from a job perspective exactly right right i mean and and being able to like uh you know kind of like multitask like that it, it's hugely important yeah you know 
and then being able to do that is is uh, you know being able to do another thing I'd love to do, um, and and just being mm-hmm. able to do it virtually and and have a second revenue stream up against uh, maybe uh, up against what I'm currently doing uh, out on the road with an artist. Uh, yeah, like you said, it yeah. is 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 hugely important. You know, and you know, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, really good. Well, I hope that's encouraging to people listening to this that like there is a a path to um, even more revenue for you as an artist, as a musician, as a tech, Um, you know, and I love Mike's story of uh, musician, tech, playback tech, rig builder, you know, who who knows what you'll you'll be doing catering the next time we talk, (laughs) you know, who knows what you're adding to your skill set. So that's amazing, Mike. So uh, one quick question for you, and then I want to wrap up with you sharing how people can get in touch. But before we get to that point, um, what is, what's encouragement or what's one next step that you would suggest to someone who's listening to this, that is either a drum tech, you know, you could say, okay, Mike, six years ago, what's a piece of advice you, you want to share with Mike for, you know, six years ago where you were, or someone that's a musician that's on, you know, playing with a band or whatever that wants to get into uh, the world of playback, <clears throat> understanding this, maybe eventually building rigs. What's what's like one thing you suggest people do, and what's just some kind of some general encouragement or advice that you would share with people that want to get into that space? Uh, wow, uh, I would say the, the most important thing is to just uh, take take your time. Um, do, take your time. Go, mm. go slow. Um, you know, because I I hear so many guys that say they they. They enjoy it, but they they don't know how to take their time and and really figure it out. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's so important. Uh, and and once you you know once you really get that deep dive, uh, it's it's so it's it's there. It, it just kind of clicked for me, um, you know, yeah. because that uh, you know I, I I guess it was weird because I didn't I was like oh the world of playback. Uh, I didn't expect to jump into it, but it was something from the start. I was like, this is, this is cool. Like, you know, everyone's like, oh man, Mike, now you're into all that nerdy stuff, but it it is, you know, I I love it. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I would say take your time. You know, it, it, it's, it's going to take, it's not going to be overnight uh, and just go day Mm. to day uh, and you will, you will get everything. Yeah. If that's That's really good. Really, really good. Um, so for folks listening to this, maybe they're out on the road, uh, they need a new rig. They're going, we've got a, you know, a 16 U rack that we roll in. That's all our playback stuff. And we're really interested in, in getting down to that one to two U space that you mentioned. How can people get in touch with you, Mike, to hire you? And then, um, how can people stay in touch with what you're up to and, and what you're doing? Uh, people can stay in touch with me basically via all my socials. Um, I, I okay. don't have uh, an actual web page website set up yet. Uh, hopefully that's coming soon. Okay. Um, but yes, uh, I'm at perkinpine130 uh, on Instagram and cool. I'm Mike Perkinpine on Facebook. And yeah, See, and we'll make sure to add links in the show notes so everybody can find you awesome. and, and uh, stay in touch for sure with what you're doing. Yeah, and um, man, Mike, I want I, I want to say publicly for people can hear, thank you, one for being um, such a perfect example of uh, why I love continuing to do this and teaching and training because you're actually applying it, 
you're actually doing it, you're seeing results. And then two, um, I, I can probably think of five people that have signed up to the site and I've talked to them and I said, you know, how'd you, how'd you find us? And you know, oh, Mike, man, Mike Perkinpine. He said, you gotta go to From Studio Stage. You gotta sign up if you wanna learn. So thank you for, you know, uh, getting out there, spreading the word. And then also thank you for just being, again, a perfect example of um, how successful you can uh, be if you apply these principles and do the work. And like you said, take your time, which I love. So Mike, thanks for, uh, thanks for everything you do, man. And keep up the good work. Oh, thank you, man. You know, it, it's been a pleasure, uh, you know, meeting you and, and, uh, we have yet to meet in person, uh, <laughs> but we will. Uh, I know it's quite ironic. Yeah. <laughs> We will. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll come out to Disneyland or Nam or maybe both and uh, we'll, we'll meet in person for sure. We'll make it happen. hundred percent, man. Yeah. Thank you for everything. Okay. So I hope you loved that interview with Mike. Again, um, I, I said this in the interview, but Mike is the example of someone that I want you to get to know. The example of a From Studio Stage student that I want to say, hey, everyone watch what Mike is doing because Mike literally went from uh, being uh, very skilled having an amazing skill set and being a drum tech and, you know, before that being a drummer, but being a drum tech, being an in-demand drum tech, he kind of carved out a niche for himself in the heavy metal space to then becoming a playback tech to now building playback rigs. He's, he's kind of walked this journey and path where he's doing a lot of different things and he's had a lot of success with that. But Mike perfectly embodies something that I teach on the site, something that's become an unofficial motto if you will, for From Studio Stage, and that's humbly confident and humbly curious. Mike was humbly confident when he said yes to that very first playback gig, but he was humbly curious enough to go, let me check out this From Studio to Stage site to subscribe to learn how to perform like a pro with Ableton Live. And you can take the exact same courses that Mike took and is currently taking, and you can learn the exact same things that Mike learned and is currently learning if you head to fromstudiotostage.com. In particular, fromstudiotostage.com slash subscribe, you'll see exactly about the community that Mike discussed uh, in the interview and how you can join, you can interact with Mike on the community if you want, you can say hey. And again, if you really enjoyed Mike and his personality, his work ethic, and you go, you know, I'd really like to work with this guy. Check the links in the show notes of this podcast in the description of this YouTube video, um, and you can reach out to Mike directly to contact him. Uh, most of all, thanks so much for watching and listening to this. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, do two things. Number one, hit subscribe. Number two, enable the bell icon so you see exactly when we go live with new content. And then number two, if uh, you enjoyed this, if you think someone would benefit from this, maybe uh, you wanna cast a vision for someone that's only getting paid when they play, and you go, man, this is something else you could do. I think you would enjoy this. Do me a favor and share this. That's the, the, the biggest compliment you can give. Like I said, Mike often shares uh, the site with friends, says, hey, go check out what Will's doing. Um, you should do the same thing with this content if you've enjoyed it. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you on the next one. Take care, everybody. Bye.